you for listening in on Tent of Testimonies podcast. This is the official podcast of the Tent of Testimonies International under the leadership of Prophet Dr. Fred Akama and Senior Pastor Maureen Akama. As you listen to this and other amazing sound biblical teachings, our aim is to equip you with the Word of God so that you can grow into an effective believer. In today's podcast, we do believe that you will be imparted with the knowledge of God, spiritual truths, and kingdom principles that will positively affect your spiritual life. Be blessed as you listen, and may you come back with a great testimony. Jesus accused the Jews they said the money you're supposed to give to your parents you don't give it instead you say this is already dedicated this is what So what you're supposed to give to your parents, you refuse to give it because you have already dedicated it. Jesus said it as a bad thing that we should not do, but there's a principle there. It means whatever is dedicated to the Lord, nothing else or no one else is supposed to take it. Am I talking? So if somebody is taking away your position, somebody wants to take away your land, somebody wants to take away your help, somebody wants to take away your family, what do you do? How do you secure it? How do you secure it? Can you put that scripture? It says, whatever I'm supposed to give to you is now Coban. In fact, the word they use is Coban. C-O-R- B-A-N, it is dedicated. One of the functions of dedication is to secure what belongs to you. Is that okay? What is supposed to go somewhere is now Kuban. It's now dedicated. I didn't know this. God just told it to me as I was coming here. There's a principle there. Uh-huh. Mark seven eleven. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is what? It's Koban. Koban means it's now dedicated to God. I have already given it to God, so please don't expect it from me. Is that okay? I've already dedicated it to God. That is how I protect this ministry. That's how I protect the... TV station, you give it to God. Once you give it to God, he is responsible for making sure no other entity is able to get a hold of it. They understand. This is why we have dedication services to give you opportunity to dedicate whatever it is looks like it's slipping out of your hand. You understand? Now, um, this book is now out. Celebrate Jehovah. Does it look nice or what? 
It's called the Holy Spirit up close and personal. When I have written two books, it's a lot of content. It is 160 pages. That's a lot talking about just one subject. It's a big book. After this, you can write a thesis on the Holy Ghost. So we have uh, who is the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, functions of the Holy Spirit, the seal. Do you know the Holy Spirit is a seal? I thought you hear purposes of a seal, the guidance function of the Holy Spirit, sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit, talking about the seven spirits of God, the fruit of the Spirit, speaking in tongues. That's a whole topic, text several pages. How to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. Wow. Activating spiritual gifts, then we have the laws of impartation. It's a powerful book. The lady works on this, tells me the people were printing it. They started asking for copies. We want to have this one. The content here is very good. But we'll also be using it for our five days of change. Five days of change starts from the 5th through the 9th of December. 2022. We have made uh, 500 copies of this. Please pick your own in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want to continue with the teaching I was doing last Sunday of uh, new creation realities. And today I want to tackle a topic called the God kind. called what? The God kind. Um, the things we say here, they are serious. Eh? They're heavy stuff. So, um, a lot of people out there will not have the background information that you do. So please don't go and get, this. the reason I fear teaching these things is because my young people now go and start getting into arguments. Oh, it's like, ah, my papa said, ah, nah, nah, ah. and the person you're talking to doesn't have information. They are a religious fellow, they don't know anything. Is that okay? So some things are for in-house consumption. Is that fine? Be, be wise a bit. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, you know, Jesus did not send us to go win arguments. He sent us, he sent us to go do what? To win souls. Our job is to win souls, not to win arguments. In fact, chances are, if you win an argument, you lose a soul. Nobody likes to be defeated in an argument. You can win an argument, and lose our soul. What have you done? So love demands that um, will be all things to all men. It is not everything you know you must say. True? It is not everything you know you must say. It is not every correction that needs to be made that you make. No, 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 no. that's not correct. 
according to this. Then now you enter into doctrinal arguments on Facebook. Have you seen me? You know, a lot of people bait me. I write something, they come and write their own. They're baiting to see if I will answer, then we enter into longer. I don't, I just ignore. Why? They don't have information. They are ignorant. Ni wajinga. And now kingi argument na mjinga. He will pull you to his level and beat you with experience. <laughs> if you enter an argument with a stupid person, they will pull you to their level. And then, because the experience at that level, the experience will beat you. They are here. Because when you're teaching these new creation realities, they're heavy things. And a lot of you are very young. Maybe some of your parents are pastors and they don't know these things. And then you're going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the Bible says, knowledge puffs up. What does knowledge do? It puffs up. So you know something that somebody doesn't know, so you are puffed up. So you go around proving to them that they don't know. And by that, you're not helping them. They just get angry at you and wait for their opportunity to hit back at you. They are here. They understand. Uh, one of my daughters, I need to stop pocketing because one of my daughters came and told me, my mother came. And she said, every time you pocket, you're, you're touching power. You're looking for power. It, it is hidden in your pockets. The thing you use from wherever. <laughs> I said, but I'm used to it. This is, what must I do with my hand? I should be waving it like this as I'm walking. I don't know. Now, the person saying this is a woman of God. It's a pastor. Now, if a pastor can say this, see the way he's pocketing? There's a secret behind it. The Lord has revealed to me that when he's pocketing, that's when he's touching the thing. So when he removes the hand and now touches you, he has connected with the power. That's why I wish it was that easy. If it was this easy, then everybody would just go buy the power. Wherever it is, people get and put in the pocket and be touching it nicely as they are doing their thing. <laughs> I felt bad, but then I realized, hey, you don't win all of them. Don't, just don't engage in this argument. How do you convince such a person? You must uh, present your pockets for inspection. Even if they find nothing, they say, it is invisible. You can't see it, <laughs> but you, can, you are touching it. Hey. Ah, sorry, I must... It's habit now. <laughs> I don't know how, how I'll be placing my hand from now. But I must find something to tie like this. So I just walk. So you can see my hands all the time. I'm not touching anything evil. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the beginning, God 
created the heavens and the earth. Who created the heavens and the earth? So the spirit, the Bible says the earth was formless, was without form. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God, then God said. So in creation, we see God the Father. We see God the Holy Spirit. And we see God the Word. Is that okay? Say God the Father. God the Holy Spirit. God the Word. So this is translated to the book of John, where the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, that Word, was God. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made through him. Through who? Through the word. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Verse 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. Verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness does not comprehend it. Next verse. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. So we know in the beginning the word of God was there and that word of God was God. And that word of God became hey, the word of God became what? Flesh. The word of God took a form. Just like the world was formless, there was no form, and the word gave it form. The word of God also took a form and became flesh. God is spirit. God is invisible. Is that okay? God is what? Invisible. The Bible says so. The Bible says immortal, invisible, the only wise God. So God is what? Invisible. For God to be visible, he has to take on a form. He has to take on a body. The word took on a body. What was the name of that body? Jesus. The word took on a body, and the name of that body is Jesus. First Timothy 1.7 says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So God wanted to be seen of man. So he took on a body. The Bible says, without controversy, this is the good news. That God was manifested in the flesh. Seen of man. Is that okay? God has done what? Was seen of man. The desire of God was to be seen of man. That desire has not changed. 
or seen by angels. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. So Apostle John says, that which our eyes have seen, that which our, handle, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. So how did God take on flesh? The angel of the Lord came to a young girl. History says she was about 12 or 13 years old. Eh? Her name was what? Mary. I said, blessed are you among women. And said, that thing that you shall bear shall be called the Son of God. Says, how shall this happen? Says, the Spirit of God will hover over you, will overshadow you. And that holy thing that you shall bear shall be called the Son of God. So we see God the Father, we see God the Spirit, and then Mary says, let it be unto me according to your word. So you see God the Word. So the seed of God, the word seed is called what? It says Pama. Good morning, everybody. I know you have struggled to get here, so please relax. Forget about how they have blocked the route. I don't know how many people you have abused on your way here. You are forgiven in Jesus' name. We are now in the presence of Jehovah. The seed of God is called what? The seed is what you use to reproduce. The seed is what you use to reproduce. So God's seed or God's spammer, from where we take the we get the word spam, God's spammer is his word. What is God's spammer? It's his word. The Bible says the sower sows the word. What do we sow? The word. When God wanted to come on earth, he brought a seed. And that seed was the word of God. That's why Jesus is called the seed of woman. The seed of what? Of woman. Because it is the word of God, the word that God spoke that fertilized the womb of Mary. It is the word of God that God spoke that did what? Fertilized the womb of Mary. Every time 
the word of God is spoken in the presence of the spirit of God, creation takes place. Am I talking difficult things? I'm going very slowly so that I don't leave somebody behind so that you don't go and say what I didn't say. So you don't, you don't get your own things. God is a God of systems. I've preached that before. God is a God of what? And he's also a God of what? God is a God of what? God is a God of systems and a God of patterns. Let me go to where you, at least you know. God is a God of systems and a God of what? Patterns. He's a God of patterns so that we know, we can predict the outcome of something. We, it's not a trial, trial and error. It's so that you know, if I do one, two, three, four, I will get five. Is that okay? If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, what will be the result? You'll be saved. So that you can know this and be settled in it. So you have an anchor for faith. So every time this pattern is repeated, salvation takes place without fail. You cannot say, okay, you have prayed, we have asked God to save you, let us wait. You know, God, sometimes you can never know what you will do. No. God is a God of patterns so that we know exactly what you will do. So I understand. So God has given us patterns that if you follow, you will get here. God is also a God of systems. Systems. Why? So that God doesn't have to personally intervene in every situation. God does something once, then puts a system in place to replicate that so that he doesn't come to do it over and over again. Let me give you an example. God created two human beings. One is called, the other one is called, now. God does not have to create the rest of the human beings. He put a system in place that replicates human beings. The system is doing what God could be able to do. So if you understand the systems of God, you can replicate what God can do. I don't know. If you are able to tap into a system, then now you can be able to replicate what God can do without necessarily turning back to God. Because he gave you a system. Revelation is God opening up a system to you. Revelation is what? God opening up a system to you. In the kingdom of God, there are systems. There's a system for provision. There's a system for reproduction. There's a system. There are all kinds of systems. So the revelation of God is God opening your eyes to see a system. When you have seen a system, then you can reproduce that thing over and over again.
So God created an Adam, the first Adam. God created. We have like this. I'm not, I'm feeling like. Am I to me, Father? Yeah, do bala bala bala. So God created the first Adam. Actually, uh, according to biblically speaking. God only created Adam. Eh? Okay, at least God only named Adam. Even the Eve he created, the Bible says, male and female created them. And he named them Adam. Ah. God named both of them Adam. It is Adam who changed the one for his wife. It's not God though. It's Adam who said, now this is Eve. Am I talking? God gave Adam the power to produce the children of God. Adam and Eve were a system that were producing what? The children of God. Because after Adam and Eve, God didn't create anyone else. Are you aware? God gave Adam the authority and the power to produce his children. Genesis 1.28 says, Then God blessed them. The word bless means to empower. That to bless means what? To empower. So God empowered them. So the word to curse means to disempower. Is that okay? To bless means to empower, to cast means to disempower, to remove the authority. Be fruitful and multiply. Feel that and subdue it. Some people take this literally. Yeah? They really reproduce. Because Adam was given authority over the children of God, Whatever Adam did was counted that the children had done. So when God gave a command to Adam, God gave a command to everyone because everybody was in the loins of Adam. Is that making sense? God put everybody inside Adam. So it was Adam's duty to remove them one by one, two by two, whatever, man. So when Adam fell, everybody in his loins fell with him. Everyone did what? Fell with him. So nobody had to sin to fall. You already, it was already counted that you are fallen inside Adam. Nisawa. Nikaba ndege kianguka na ukondani. Wizi sema ndege ndili anguka, mimi siku anguka. Ukonda? Ukondani. Whatever happens to the ndege, happens to you.
I'm going somewhere. I'm just laying a, a foundation. The wages of sin is what? So for God to be just, everybody who sinned must, must what? Must die. So God had to kill people without killing people. The dilemma of God was, how do I, how, how can I be just? How do I kill these people? Because they have all sinned without sending them to hell. Because if I do, I'll have lost my whole family. Because God took his whole family and put inside Adam. The trick of the devil separated God from his entire family. By Adam obeying the devil, Adam took away the whole family of God. So God had zero family, couldn't create another one. Am I talking? So how do I prove justice? Because also, if God does not prove to be just, his, his throne will be destroyed. You see, the way the devil was clever. He was trying to put God in a corner. Either you lose your family or you destroy your throne because the foundation, Bible says, justice is the righteousness and justice is the foundation of his throne. So if he's found to be unjust, God has to destroy his own throne. By the, he has to destroy himself. He has to stop being God. I told you the spiritual world is a legal world. It is what? The law must be followed. Otherwise, things are destroyed. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Psalm 89 verse 14. So, God either he is unjust and destroys his throne or he is just and kills his own family and loses it. Because if you are found with sin at death, you have to be taken to hell. And hell is, the definition of hell is where God is not. The, the, the absence of God's presence. So what is God to do? What is God to do? But God had anticipated this. So God says, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do away with everybody and I'm going to start afresh. So God started afresh by creating another Adam. His name is the last Adam. It's called who? What is his name? Say the last Adam is Jesus Christ. The last Adam is Jesus Christ. I need a teaching aid. I need two gentlemen. One first Adam, where you are the first Adam. Where do you mess? Where's the last Adam? You don't have time. Last Adam. Come, 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 come. So you and your first Adam. Kila mtu akondania. Daniake. I'm a mess. Kabla Is that okay? So everybody inside him is counted to be 
sin. They are looking like the devil even before they are born. They have the nature of Satan. Is that okay? They are, they are not just sinners, they are sin. A person who is not born again is not a sinner. He's what? Sin. He's a walking sin. He's sin that is alive. It's, actually, it's, it's, it's a dead person walking. It's a negative pole, a negative. Okay. I don't know how to describe it. In the spirit, there are two people. If you go to the spirit and you're viewing humanity, you see two people. You see, see life and you see death. So a non-born again person is, a, is death walking around. Is that okay? And how does death mean? It's dark. You see just darkness. There's a dark light. Do you know a dark light? I don't know how. It's darkness. It's darkness that, it's, it's, a, it's a beam of darkness walking around. Is that okay? And the devil can identify this is mine. Because he's, he, see, he sees the family resemblance. He's the prince of darkness. Is that okay? A believer has, is, a, is identified in the spirit as a beam of light. It's a shaft of light for walking around. In the spirit, you don't see flesh. This flesh, you don't see it. You see the spirit person. And a believer is a beam of light, a shaft of light walking around. Now, the, I don't know whether this is good news or bad news. The news is the light is not the same. Some have more intensity than others, even though it's light. So if you are a believer and you're not doing your beat, even though you're carrying light, your own light is dim. Iko yellow, yellow. Nini, karibu kuzimika. Lazima weki. Is that okay? But those who are doing and their work for God, their spirits are on fire. They are very bright. Is that okay? And then, your light affects the environment. According to the anointing you're carrying, the, the more grace, the more... You are okay. You look bigger, even though you are. I don't know. Let, let me let me try to say. Even though you are a light like this, but the circumference of your effectiveness is bigger. So when you are walking around, you look like a whole. Uh, yeah, the radius look fat, but it's it's not fatness. It's the radius. So there are different uh, lights. Some big is like a whole ocean is coming. Another one, Nikadogo too. They are both light. But it depends. Those who are connected to God have more of him. Am I making sense? So what happened is that God... So we, we were all in this Adam. Where were we? 
Say we were all in the first Adam. So everybody was ever born on earth was born through the first Adam. Is that fine? So when God, let me also say this. When God is looking at you from the heavens, God is seeing only two people, even though they're like five, eight billion. God is seeing only two people. God is seeing the first Adam or the last Adam. If you're walking, God is looking at you. God, everybody looks like one of the two. The spirit world is a binary world. It is what? It's either this or that. You don't have katikati. You look like both. It's not true. You either look like the first Adam or the last Adam. So God is only seeing two people. So God wanted to kill the first Adam. But if God does it physically, it means God must judge the people. There's no remedy. Is that okay? So on the cross, God took the first, come, come, come. God took the first Adam, who had really messed up. Eh? Really. I've never met Adam. I've been to the spiritual, but I've not met Adam yet, I think. The day I meet him, we'll have uh, beef. I have questions. I'll ask him, what level of stupidity? Anyway, we shall have beef. So God took this one. God inserted him into this one. Come. God, hold, hold yourself together. God inserted this one inside this one. Is that okay? Because this one was a spiritual person. In the spirit, God took all of the first Adams, placed them where? The last Adam. Is that okay? And then God killed both of them. These people are dying so comfortably. So after God had killed both of them, God resurrected this other one. God separated them now. Is that okay? That's what we call justification. Say justification. Because this was sin. So God made this one who was not seen to be seen. Is that okay? Then God removed, separated them in hell. Is that okay? That's how you are kafufuliwa. The Bible calls him the last Adam. Now God gave this one the power. The same power he gave this one. He gave this one the power to produce his children. Is that okay? He gave this power to produce a new race of children. Say a new race of children. Say a new race of children. That new race is called the new creation. The new what? Creation. That's why if you're in the first Adam, the Bible says we count 
that if one died, then all of us died. Because we were all in him. And we were placed in him. And when this died, we died. We were all in him. And we were placed in him. So when this one became sick, we became sick. When this one's back was whipped, our back was whipped. You see, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15 says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus. That means in this manner. That if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. An amplified version says should no longer live using their own life. But by him who died for them and rose again. Am I talking? So just like the, this first Adam had the authority to give his children his life. This last Adam also has the authority to give his children his life. This one gave his children his life by using his seed. This one gives his children his life how? By using his seed. This one disobeyed in a garden. This one said, let not your will be done, let my will be done. This one obeyed where? In a garden. Where this one was tested and failed. This one was tested and passed. This one got a wife from his side. The Bible says God made him to have a deep sleep and he took a rib from his side and made another, a helpmate for him. This one got his wife from his side. The Bible says the centurion took a spear and speared him and blood and water flowed from his side. That now brought his wife for him. This one accused his wife. This one, the Bible says, he chased his wife by the washing of the water by the word. Am I talking? So we are not really healed by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus took stripes not for himself. If you don't understand that the stripes of Jesus were also your stripes. The stripes of Jesus were also your stripes. The killing of Jesus was also your death. Adams, you may sit down now. Celebrate our Adams. There's a maxim or a principle of law. It says it's called double jeopardy. Say double jeopardy. Say it loud. 
Say louder. Double jeopardy says you cannot be punished twice for the same offense. If you can prove that you have been punished for this offense, no one has capacity to punish you again. If you can show that I have paid for this thing, I've already been going to prison for it. I've already paid the punishment that needs to be paid. If the wages of sin is death, I cannot die again. I already did. Am I talking? When somebody dies, their sentence ends. Have you seen corpses in prison? Do they jail corpses? To you, you are jailed for 15 years. You died after two. You must spend the rest of your time here to fulfill. The moment you die, that sentence ends. So whatever punishment was over your head, the moment you can prove that you died in Christ, that punishment is ended in the name of Jesus. That punishment is ended. No demon in hell or under the sea or wherever has capacity to come to you and tell you nonsense. I command your life to be freed right now in the precious name of Jesus. When he died, we all died. And since we have died, every punishment of the law has been satisfied. No one has capacity to hold your finances in bondage. No one has capacity to hold your body in bondage. No one has capacity. I command eternal rise. In the name of Jesus. Because the spirit world is a legal world. If you can prove legally that I have already paid for this misdemeanor, I've already paid for this felony. Even, listen, sometimes. The court cases take long. Meanwhile, you have been remanded. Is that okay? And you are found guilty. Is that fine? And the punishment you are supposed to give, be given is equivalent to the time you have ready. You go free. You know that? Because you can't be punished again. It says, yes, you know you are guilty, but uh, your, punish, your punishment is supposed to be one year. And you have already been here. One year. So time served. You go. Because you've already paid. And the market abaza. Lome samido. Shaya makasalido. Minda masarara. So Jesus has been given by God authority to bring forth fresh family for God. But this fresh family is now not natural. It is a spiritual family. This fresh family is now not separate people. It is one body. So God looking from heaven 
since you either belong to the old Adam family or the last Adam family. But since you belong to the old Adam family and the old Adam family has been condemned to death, if you live long enough, you will die. Just like your father Adam. It's just a matter of time. Listen, God told Adam, the day you shall eat of this fruit, what will happen? You shall die. Adam ate the fruit. He didn't die. Naturally, physically. But he died spiritually. Physical death took 930 years. But he died. So it doesn't matter how long you think you're living an abundant life. If you're in the old Adam, you're a dead person. There's a movie I saw a title and I've never watched it. It's called The Watch Walking Dead. I can never watch such a thing. Never. In me, I must now fill my mind with people who are walking and they are there. No. Walking dead. I saw it on Netflix. I passed very quickly. I cannot be associated with anything that is walking and is dead. Okay, if you like this movie, I'm not condemning you. Papa, are you saying, no, this is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying me, I can't. Because of my calling. Maybe you, your calling allows you can watch Walking Dead. You've been called to be accountant. So it's okay. <laughs> Enjoy yourself, then come I deliver you. <laughs> so everyone who comes to the last Adam receives his life. The Bible says, just as the father has life in himself, he has permitted the son also to have life in himself. The same way, listen, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, there's a law in the spirit, it's called the law of progeny. The law of what? The law of what? Say the law of progeny. John 5, 26 says, For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son to have life in himself. Say the law of progeny. The law of progeny means somebody or something will reproduce itself. A cow will give birth to a cow. A cow cannot now give birth to a goat. Am I talking? This is against the law of progeny. That's why... Remember, yeah. Eh? What the giants did. You remember when the giants were on the earth during the flood of Noah? They mixed species. In fact, there are some species that exist now that were not existing then. 
because they mix them. David wanted to mix the one for human being. Do you know why Noah was spared? Noah was not spared because he was a very well-behaved fellow. He was a drunkard, we all know. Noah was a drunkard. The only reason Noah was spared is because he was the only person whose DNA was still pure. The devil had a plan to bring angels to lie with the daughters of men to produce a new race of people who are not pure human beings, who are a hybrid of human beings and angels. Why? So that Jesus could not come. Because according to the law of progeny, Jesus had to be given birth by a human being. You're supposed to be the seed of woman. But if there's no human being on earth, then the devil would have thwarted the plan of God to save humans. And he almost succeeded. Everybody was messed up in their gene. Except Noah and his family. And these are the ones who are saved. And God had to kill everyone else to make sure that that um, corrupted gene does not continue. But still, we find there was a recessive gene among the family of Noah. That's why we had Goliath and his five brothers. They managed through these eight people to shoot pass through that thing. Anyway. That was I. Are you learning something? Say the law of progeny. The law of progeny means in the spirit, a being is supposed to produce itself. It's supposed to reproduce itself. You can't have a human being producing an angel. You can't have an angel producing a human being. An angel can only produce an angel. There's no mixing of species in the spiritual. You are categorized, you are identified by your species, who, what you are. So a cow, you should not mix sheep and goats. The Bible says God will come and separate sheep and goats, not mix them together. That's one of the reasons I really don't like GMO. Because it's mixing species. I don't mind gene editing that improves the gene of one particular crop. But kuchukwaya gruwe, kupeleka kwa mango, ndiyo mango inone kama gruwe. See, this was... So you think you're eating mango, but you're eating pork. And you start ballooning. And then now the cells of your body don't know how to receive this because think, am I receiving meat? Am I receiving fruit? Confused. And it starts growing cancerous. Anyway, 
Eh, hii kitu mtu analeta hata huko kwao hawakuli. It's not license. I cast this fellow. They have not licensed this thing in Europe. Bona, why? Pass the license there. They eat we see, then they come bring. There's a anyway. I don't want to digress. Say law of progeny. The day you see mbwa imezaa paka you have issues it's not normal is that okay it is not normal so if everything bears after its own kind say everything bears after its own kind then it means if god were to give birth A goat will give birth to what? Sheep will give birth to? Cow will give birth to? God will give birth to? So if you are born again, you are not human. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind. Cattle according to its kind. So God made a specific kind. Say so this is cattle according to this kind. This is sheep according to this kind. This is zebra according to this kind. And everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So if you start mixing these kinds, it is not good. So you are born again. How are you born again? You are born again because God introduces his seed into you. The book of 1 Peter chapter 1, I think verse 2 or 3. It says he has begotten us not of not through incorruptible not through corruptible seed but by incorruptible seed by the word of god how did god beget us say god begot us by the incorruptible seed of the word of god say i am begotten of the word first peter 2 first peter 1 23 having been born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the word of god which lives and abides forever so when you are born again the word became flesh the process that brought jesus on earth is the same process that born you I don't know. The process that brought Jesus is the same process that brought you. Why? Because Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, 
it abides alone. But if it falls to the ground and dies, it brings forth others exactly like itself. So Jesus fell to the ground and died and brought forth seed. It is not possible for that seed to be different from what it is. Because of the law of progeny, every animal must bear after its own kind. So if Jesus is bearing, he is bearing after his own kind. You are the word made flesh. You are God walking on two heads. In the name of Jesus, on the outside you are a human being. But on the inside you are the seed of God. In the name of Jesus. This is a major problem between Christianity and Islam. If you go to any mosque, I can tell you without fear of contradiction, I've been in Mombasa eight years. If you go to any mosque, there'll be somewhere written, the cardinal principle of Islam is Allah is one. Is that okay? Allah is what? What is that fighting? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They say God is one. So there's no trinity. This is number one. Number two, God does not beget. Neither is he begotten. God does not. Neither is he. What is that fighting? This one. The fact they know that if they agree that God begets, then what they will be saying is they are God's walking on earth. They are aware that if God begat, God would not be begetting human beings. Am I talking? Jesus said in the book of Luke, chapter 10. Starting from verse 32. The Bible says, and the Jews rose up to stone him. And then he asked them, I have done many good works among you. For which of these works are you stoning me? They said, we are not stoning for a good work. Stone you we not. But for blasphemy. Because you, being a man, you make yourself God. So the Jews, or in this context, the, the uh, other people, they wanted to stone Jesus. Why? Because they said, you are a human being. And you are making yourself God. John Chapter 10, verse 32. Let's read it. One, two, three. Question. How did Jesus make himself God in their eyes? Let's go to the next verse. 34. Jesus, one, two, three. Jesus 
Why did they say Jesus is blaspheming? What did Jesus say about himself that made them think he's making himself equal to God? He called himself what? Jesus didn't have to call himself God for them to know that he's making himself equal to God. The fact that he called himself the son of God. Now the Bible says, brethren, now are we the sons of God? The Bible says, to those that believed him, he gave the right or the power to be called sons of God. Being called sons of God makes you what? According to the Jews, equal to God. So the Bible says, can I preach? I don't know whether you, you can, can be. If you say I am a son of God and uh, a Muslim or a Jew is listening to you, they will take stones and stone you because they understand by you saying I am a son of God, you are bringing yourself to the God class. You're making yourself equal in every aspect to God. You're saying I'm one with God. I'm a family of God. So Jesus went ahead and said so. He said, my father and I are one. He who sent me has not left me alone. He's always with me. You cannot be a son of God and be human. It would be breaking the law of progeny. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. I don't know whether I'm teaching heavy stuff. I don't know. I don't know whether I have small children here. So I'll get myself into trouble. If you say you're a son of God, anybody who understands spiritual words will know you are saying, I am the class of God. I am of the God kind. I am not human. It is just flesh covering inside is the almighty Jehovah. When I speak, it is my father speaking. When I talk, it is my father talking. I and my father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. This is not easy. So Jesus answered them and he said, Is it not written in your own law? I have said, Ye are gods. Then Jesus said, If he, God, called them gods and to whom the word of the Lord came. What made them gods? The word of the Lord. The seed that came to them. Turned them into... Because the seed of God is the word of God. So when the seed came unto them, that seed turned them to what the seed was. And there was a reproduction of species by law of progeny. Gods were made on the earth and they are working on earth. Where is it written? It's written in the book of Psalm 82. It says, they know not, neither do they understand. They know not, neither do they understand. He said, I have said, ye are gods. And who are the gods? And all of you are children of the Most High. 
So this God is talking about are the children of the most. Are you a child of God? What does that make you? What does that make you? He said, if you are children of the most high, I have said, God is talking. He's saying, ye are gods. You're separate from an unborn again person. You're not human. He says, but they don't know this one. And they don't understand it. Because they don't know it, because they don't understand it, the Bible says the whole foundation of the world is going wrong. It's out of course. It says defend the oppressed. Bring justice. Be God to a situation. <laughs> Behave like who you are. Enter a situation. Bring it right. Because you are God there. God does not send anyone without making them out. Even before Jesus died. Anyway, they do not know, nor do they understand. Psalm 82, chapter, five, uh, verse, chapter 82, verse 5. They walk about in darkness. The word darkness means ignorance. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. Why? Because the people who are supposed to have understanding don't have it. Man. I said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the most high. But because you don't know this, the Bible says, they shall die like mere men. So there are a lot of gods who are dying, who are suffering, who are oppressed like mere men. Not because they didn't have what it takes, but because there was ignorance. They didn't know who they are. Your eyes are open right now. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, every situation in life, every aspect of life must recognize your situation, must recognize your God class, and must bow and act accordingly. In the precious name of Jesus. Shall fall like one of the princes. They know not, nor do they understand. They are walking about in ignorance. So the whole foundation of earth is of course, is out of course. It says, bring justice to the poor. Bring freedom wherever you go. You are God to that situation. Act like your true nature. Let the lion within come out. Let there be a roar. Let there be a holy anger. Let every demon in heaven, let every demon under the sea look at you and take cover in the name of Jesus. God never sends anyone without first making them God. When God was sending Moses, he said, behold, I make you God unto Pharaoh. God made him God. Even gave him a prophet. He says, Aaron shall be your prophet. So Aaron was prophesying what Moses was saying. Ah. God, okay, I hear the Lord speaking to me now. Listen. I have never heard this before. I'm just hearing it now. 
Do you know why God made Moses God? I've just this revelation just now. Because the Lord said, against the gods of Egypt, the battle of God was not against Moses and Pharaoh. It was God versus the gods of Egypt. So because the gods of Egypt was, were gods, God also had to have his own God to, to come and fight this battle. So Moses came as a God to execute judgment against the gods of Egypt. And the other prophet called Aaron, who are, wherever you are, go to that situation as the almighty Jehovah. When you speak the word of God, the father in you, the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. So when the word of God comes to you, God calls you God's. If he called them gods, and to whom the word of the Lord came, and the scriptures cannot be broken. It means if you are walking around like a mere man, you're breaking scripture. You're breaking scripture. So, Apostle Paul. He said, let this mind, what I've just taught right now, let this one, be, this, let, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Which mind was that? He said, Bible says, he thought it not robbery. He thought it not robbery to be equal to God. The Bible says, think like this. Let the same mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. You, your own problem is you consider it robbery. You think God is insecure. You think God has anxiety issues. He's suffering anxiety attack. Imagine they are saying they are me. Imagine, imagine, imagine. What will I do? I think my position is threatened. Joe is coming. God is now very worried. No. It is the joy. Jesus said, it is enough to be like your teacher. It is the joy of every teacher if you are like him. It is the joy of God. The Bible says, be ye imitators of God as dear children. In other words, imitate God as if you are a true child of that home. When you walk around, people should say you are too arrogant. You think you are God. Say, actually, now that you mention it, now that you bring up the subject, as a matter of fact, we have tapped into realms that you can only dream about. Let every situation recognize you. 
for who you really are. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation. Not of believers, not of people who are born again, not of human beings. Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, of gods in the flesh, of people who know their God class, of the God kind, and that is you, in the name of Jesus. Say, I'm of the God kind. I don't belong to my earthly lineage. Imitate God, therefore. The word imitate means what? Behave like he does. Eh? How would God behave in a situation? Imagine God walked into your workplace and some Indian is saying, hey, you're, you're stupid only. <laughs> eh? Like they were behaving here. Do you know, no, no, we will not pay water. We will not pay. You pay. Say, what? You. The earth is the Lord's. I can send you anywhere. It's true. We own this, we run this joint. We run this joint. Let this mind in you be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. You see, the Bible says he humbled himself all the way to death. Humility is only true when you have options. Jesus had to humble himself because where he was, he had to come and die. Otherwise, death would not touch him. These things must be real to you. They must be your first thought when you wake up and your last thought when you go to sleep. You must know who you are. It must be your second nature. It is not something you have to go to scripture to remember. It must be flesh in you. It must be part of you. When you meet a demon, you should not say, bah, 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 bah. So what do you mean? The demon should be scared. The witchcraft person should be scared that you have come. All the witch doctors in KC must be holding meetings when you say you are going to pass by there. They must be wondering what is going to happen to us. Our lives are in danger. Feel threatened. I think we are being attacked. Why? Because you said you are going to pass by. Say, ye are gods. Say with me, ye are gods. You see, you need to reach the point. The book of Isaiah 55 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised, 53 verse 5. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. But First Peter 2.24 says, as the Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. You see, Peter understood something. 
who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes? Do you see where his sins are? He includes himself. But where the stripes are, it's not him. Ah. By his stripes, you are healed. Say, me, I, no sickness. It's you who still needs. It's one thing to be healed. It's another thing to live in health. Am I talking? That's what Apostle Paul could say. But my God shall supply not all our needs. All? Because as for me, I have learned. Whether I have in plenty or in scarcity to depend on Christ. So God created an office. That office is called the office of the Son of God. Say the office of the Son of God. I say it louder. God created an office. That office is called the office of the Son of God. It used to have one occupier. The first person appointed to that office was who? Jesus Christ. The first person appointed as the Son of God was who? Jesus Christ. He used to be the only one for a long time. Until he came to earth and died. And now, the office of the Son of God does not only have one person. It has one person, but that one person is a body made up of many people. Jesus being the head. And us are parts of the body. Together we form the Son of God. Do you know the Son of God is not Jesus? Only. Jesus is the head. Is that okay? He is the head of his body. We are the body of his head. Without us, he's incomplete. Without him, we are incomplete. Together, we form the office of the Son of God. Now, I want to... Can I tell you something? The office of the Son of God is also known as the office of God the Son. Okay, it's too heavy. The office of the Son of God is also known as the office of God the Son. What applies to the Son of God applies as God the Son. Can we take it further? The Bible says it has pleased God that the Godhead should leave his son bodily. This is the book of Colossians. It says it pleased the God that the Godhead should live in the son bodily. What does that mean? It means God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, they both decided to come and live inside God. Am I talking? So in heaven, Adoma Zama Yalakaya, 
Mundi Pakizanola Pire, Udumuzinandaya. In heaven, there was a human being who entered the Godhead. His name is Jesus. He left the Godhead as the Word. He returned into the Godhead with a body. He returned to the Godhead with a body. So inside the Godhead, there was a human being. And he didn't return alone. He dragged us with him in there. He said that where I am, there you may be also. Am I talking? He dragged us with him. Now, he did not only drag us with him there. He took his father, God the father. He took the Holy Ghost. He swallowed. They came and live inside of him. It pleased God so that the all fullness of the Godhead may dwell in him. And him is me. Me is him. Let everything bow, whatever, man. Let trees jump around. Let, let, let the light turn red or something. God is in the house. In the name of Jesus. The Godhead is moving around. In the name of Jesus. For God in all his fullness was pleased to do what? To live in Christ. Can I have KJV? For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. Can I? I don't know. My time is over. Let me just take it one step further. The Bible says, the book of Hebrews, God, who in sundry times spoke to us through the apostles, through the prophets in diverse ways, as in these last days, spoken to us through the Son. Question. Who is the son? People read this and think God has spoken through Jesus. Jesus can't speak. He doesn't have authority here. Jesus' hands are tied to what you can do. The office of the son is no longer a person. It's a group of people called the church. So the church of the firstborn is what releases the word. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, I don't speak of my own authority. But the father in me, he does the works. So when Jesus wants to work to be done, that work is going to be done by Christ in me. What is the Christ in me? The fullness of the Godhead. The Bible says it please the fullness of the Godhead to dwell in him. But when I speak, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke, okay, for I have not spoken on my own authority. The Father who sent me gave me a command. 
what I should say and what I should speak. Verse 50, the book of John 12. And I know that his command is everlasting life. No, this is not what I said. They say, I want the scripture that says, the father in me, he does the works. Say, the words that I speak to you, they're not my own words. So when I speak these words, it releases the father in me to begin to do the work. Because the word is the seed of God. When I speak, I desire that. Let your life open in the name of Jesus. Let your life open up in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your life open up in the mighty name of Jesus. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? We are a body, eh? I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father in me, what does he do? He does the works. So my job is to do what? What is my job? What is his job? To do the works. Why? Because he's dwelling in me. Why is he dwelling in me? I am the body. There is please the fullness of the Godhead to dwell in him. So when we speak the Father in me, he begins to move to do the work because the seed must be planted. I open your life in the name of Jesus. Let your life begin to turn around. As I'm speaking like this, the Father is moving around. He's performing his word. Because me and I, are, him and I are one. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is in me. When I speak, he's speaking. When you speak, he's speaking. Galatians chapter 3, I think around verse 5 or something. It says, he who supplies the spirit to you and does miracles among you, does he do it by the obedience of the law or by believing what you have had? Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It means for he to supply spirit of God and to do miracles among you, there must be a hearing. It means there must be a speaking. And as he spoke, the spirit entered me and lifted me on my feet. As I speak to you, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Let life enter every situation right now in the precious name of Jesus. Let the life of God begin to turn around every stubborn problem in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every demon be set on fire in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let the fire of God begin to move. Let the anointing of God begin to move. Let every stubborn situation be lifted out in the mighty name of Jesus. Your job is to hear and mix it with faith. 
Jesus came to fulfill the law. I'm closing now. Jesus came to fulfill the law. And he became a walking embodiment of the fulfillment of all that the prophets had spoken. So God talked to the prophets. The prophets wrote it down. Jesus fulfilled that which was written of the Old Testament. But God also spoke to apostles and prophets. Apostle Paul was a prophet. You know this? He was a prophet of God. Apostle Peter was a prophet of God. God spoke to them. It was written down. But where is the fulfillment? In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, you are now our epistle. These things we wrote down, they are fulfilled in you. You are now our epistle. People read you. You are our epistle. Written in our hearts. Known and read by all men. Just as Jesus fulfilled the writings of the old prophets, you are fulfilling the writings of Apostle Paul, of Apostle Peter. You are our epistle. We have begotten you. Apostle Paul said, I have begotten you. Even though you have many instructors, you have only one father. Because I speak to you as dear sons, not because I want to punish you, but because of the love that I have for you. Because I have begotten you in the gospel. So behave the way. I, so I am sending Timothy to you. Who will teach you my ways? I am sending Timothy, our dear son, to you. He will teach you my ways, just as I've been teaching everywhere I go. So wherever Paul was going, his ways. Because he begat them. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many others. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you. Just as we are begotten by the word, I also begot you by what I spoke. In Christ Jesus, through the gospel, verse 16. Therefore, I urge you. Look at me and be like that. Imitate me. Verse 17. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Remember my ways. So 
So you might have might follow many people on Facebook but you don't have many fathers. For I begat you in the gospel in Christ. Remember my ways. I and no, you should follow the ways of Christ. Okay, change that. Say, I am the class of God. I am of the God kind. I am an imitator of God by imitating my father in Christ. So imitate my prayer life. Imitate my word life. Imitate. Be followers of me. The Bible says so. I'll be teaching on a, the personal God, God of a place, God of a person. I think I'll do it next week so that we understand. Why do we say God of PFA? Why not God of the other person? Why not your own God? You don't have your own God. You know, people ask you, why are you writing? I say this question. Why are you writing this God of PFA? Who's this PFA? Are you worshiping this man? I say, no, we are just imitating him. The Bible says you must do so. The Bible says, is it written? Isn't it written? The Bible says so. It says, imitate me. Astia. So you are expected to imitate God. You're also expected to imitate your father. This is, this is New Testament. It's not even the gospel. This is Apostle Paul. The one who taught us about grace and what and our rights in Christ. is the one who's saying this. It is a little different from what they taught you the other side. So you must do a lot of unlearning and relearning. Unlearning and relearning. But have results. I can prove what I am saying. Christianity was never meant, was not designed to be explained. Christianity was always designed to be demonstrated. If you cannot demonstrate what you are saying, shut up. Hmm? Christianity was not designed to be explained. It was designed to be demonstrated. Apostle Paul said, I did not come to you with, words, with the words of human wisdom, but I came to you in a demonstration of power and of the Spirit of God, so that your faith will not rest upon the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. You're moving higher. Let speed enter your feet.